fadeaway with a hand in his face in the air for the win! Yes, sir! Let's it fly, and Carl Anthony Towns drills it at the buzzer. A catastrophic finish for the Grizzlies. Welcome to the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Your home for the best Wolves talk around. Wiggins spots up there, deep three, he's got it. He scores it at the buzzer to give the Timberwolves the victory. Welcome in to the first episode of Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, and joining me as always, and for the first time, is Chris Emerson. Chris, how you doing? Doing good, man. Good to hear. Good to hear. I hope you're doing better than the Wolves are. Oof. Yeah. I am. Th- that I can say. Yeah, they, that was an absolute, I mean, one of the worst performances of the season. You come in um, against a Wizards team without one of their best players, Russell Westbrook, and you absolutely just do not bring it at all. D'Angelo Russell was bad, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I, I want you guys to kind of get to know us a little bit first. So, uh, Chris, let me start with you. What's kind of your Timberwolves background? What, how, how did you kind of get into the team? So, I don't know if it was sort of like a, a forced thing or not, but right when they started, um, I remember – there was a bunch of hype around the new, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves. I was about 10 years old. I was born in 79. So um, I remember going to a game at the Metrodome and I remember Manute Bowl, who to this day is one of my favorite players of all time hitting. I felt like it was like five, three pointers, but it may <laughs> not have been, but when you see a seven foot, you know, six guy slinging three pointers, it's impressive. Um, even if you're in the nosebleeds of the Metrodome as, you know, 10, 11 year old, but so that kind of got me locked in. And, um, I was always more of a basketball kid than a football kid. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of, just kind of enjoyed it from there and just followed the ride, the, the downs with the little bits of ups the whole way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, so my kind of, I kind of grew up in a kind of a sports family. I was all, I was Wolves, Wild, you know, uh, Vikings, and then of course Twins. And then the team that I kind of, that I kind of stuck with the most, I guess the two. Well, I mean, everyone growing up in Minnesota is a Vikings fan. I think for sure we can all say that, but I kind of just stuck with the, with the Vikings and more the, more the Timberwolves. I kind of found baseball a little boring. And to be honest with you, and I don't know, I, I guess, Slow. What, go ahead. It's so slow. It is. It is. Yeah, it, it is super slow. And just games are games are way too long. They're, they're just way too long. Like a like a Wolves game like you like you saw tonight, even though they got blown out, the game's done by like, I, I don't know, like 930 at the latest uh, MLB yeah. MLB games. They're usually they could go till ten, sometimes even later. They're they're just slow and they take too long. But like I said, I've been a fan for a long time, and I just sort of kind of got into the journalism side of um of following the Timberwolves here. And yeah, like I said, I've been a fan since I was a kid. My first memory um, was a game. I it was either I think it was either the I think it was the Kings or it was the Memphis Grizzlies. I can't remember which one. But we were good. It was it was one of our good years back with the KG era. And 
for some reason, I don't know why he was in the game. Someone must have had foul trouble. Mark Madsen was in the game at the last second, and we were tied at 90. Or No, we were down one point, and we passed it to Mark Madsen, and he missed a wide-open layup to blow the game at the buzzer. That's my first Wolves memory, and it goes on from there. So let me, let me ask this to you, Chris. Who are some of your favorite T-Wolves of all time? So, you know, my, my favorite T-Wolf, well, my favorite T-Wolf of all time is J.R. Ryder. Really? The um, dunker. Okay. It is. It is. I loved, uh, I just loved his, I mean, I was young, but right. I just loved his his spunk. I loved his, his emotion. I loved his uh, activity. I remember thinking that this guy could lead the league in scoring. Like he had that kind of ability, mm-hmm. which um, is part of the reason kind of why I love Anthony Edwards, because I feel like he's got a lot of J.R. Ryder in him. And that's not a negative thing to say. I'm saying that in a positive way, like a big, strong two guard that, you know, who knows, has, has a world of scoring p- potential and athletic ability, just needs to put it together. Absolutely. Um, so he was number, he was number one. Um, Ricky Rubio was number two. and. Um, So my Rubio uh, obsession, I mean, obsession might be a bit much, but I was a big fan of Rubio uh, before he came to the NBA, um, watching a lot of clips, watching about this, you know, phenom from overseas Mm -hmm. uh, for about two years before he came to the NBA. So then when he came here and the Timberwolves drafted him, I mean, I was, I was beside myself. I was so happy. And then the flair he plays with uh, the constant energy the passion, the hard work. Yeah, he has faults. By no means is he going to be, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. But he's out there trying hard, man. He's he's doing the, you know, he's he's playing the game the right way. So I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really remember much of Steph Marbury. Um, so I mean, I would like to say he would probably be up there, but but he isn't. So Ke- Kevin Garnett definitely is right. Um, I've been up and down with him his whole career. Like I loved him as a T-Wolf, but then I hated him pretty much ever since. And I don't think it's because he left the team. Um, I think maybe I matured more into my critiquing of a basketball game. And I just don't like, didn't like the way he plays, like just kind of the dirty plays and stuff. But when he was our Kevin Garnett, mm-hmm. I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gugliata's up there. Um, man, I mean, even guys like Anthony Peeler I love because that was kind of when I was really clicking on Timberwolf stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, But, I mean, we got some guys right now that, I mean, I love everything that D'Lo can do. I mean, I love him as a player. Uh, I don't know if I can say much about this year so far. but Right, yeah. Um, he, he's been shaky this year, but he's he's had he's had a lot of the load on him. But, yeah, continue. Yeah, well, and that's kind of where I'm leaving off because after that, I mean, I, I was never a Kevin Love fan. Um, I, so, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Big Al, I guess, you know, solid yeah. guys. But, yeah, yeah, you know, well, after – after the top, after the top three or four, man, it kind of goes down fast. Yeah, it really does. That, that's kind of that's kind of the story of the Minnesota Timberwolves in a nutshell. After your top couple of guys, it, it really goes down. For me, obviously, I mean, growing up the era, I did 
Like I like some of my first memories was of KG. So obviously I grew up a huge KG fan. I ended up idolizing him. He he was just the guy. He was the first guy. And now it's kind of become LeBron James for me now. He's like my all time favorite player. But growing up, just KG was absolutely the guy. The other some some of the guys you uh, we can mention. Wally Zerbiak was a great player. Um, he was he All-star. was. Yeah, all-star. He was definitely one of those guys who could hit the three before you had basically everyone in the NBA who can now hit the three, even big guys. And then, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, um, I mean, what can you say? He's been fantastic for most of the time that he's been in the league. I mean, he's... Through through basically my high school or basically my college years, he's been basically the guy. I was a Wiggins fan. Now, actually, I was never that big of a Wiggins fan. I was just an optimist, and and in retrospect, I realized I wasn't that big of a Wiggins guy. But you know, I, I loved I loved Rubio too for a while. I gave him the benefit of the doubt for most of the time. And yeah, th- those are kind of my Wolves. Pl- oh, uh, for the small time he was here, I love Latrell Sprewell. Uh, I had his oh, yeah. I had his rookie card and everything. Oh, I loved him so much that run. Um, and, and then, so kind of to wrap up, um, I know there haven't been a lot of them. What is kind of your your the big Timberwolves moments that you remember the most? Kind of your favorite Timberwolves moments. So I remember going to one of the playoff games. Uh, at the Metrodome, or not the Metrodome, at the Target Center in the KG era, um, you know, winning some of those nail biters. Uh, my memory's not that locked in on exact games and dates, but sure. um, just the, the vibe and the energy in there was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hustled some ticket reps to get uh, a lot of opening um, night tickets. So I got to sit uh, real far down watching Rubio's first game. Um, I remember that was excitement and electric. Um, So most of my moments, like my fandom, uh, since we haven't been a very successful franchise, my Mm -hmm. fandom is based a lot on um, GM moves and uh, stuff like that. So and like winning lottery balls, like yeah. like getting Carl Anthony Towns. I was a huge Carl Anthony Towns fan. I thought it was almost um, blasphemous that people were talking about um, him not going number one to the Timberwolves. Yeah, could you imagine um, if we would have taken Joel Embiid where we'd be right now? Well, I mean, I wouldn't even. What about Okafor? That's who. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, won. yeah. I meant Okafor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, yeah, yeah, where yeah. we'd be? Um, oh gosh. It's, who knows? We'd probably be just. Who, we might have. Who knows? We could have got Ben Simmons or something. Who you know? That's true. Know. Um, so stuff like that. Uh, you know, and my big moment right now. I mean, it, it sounds sad. One of my favorite moments is the fact that we have a team right now that. I mean, it's hard to say with how we perform. Maybe I'm a, an optimist, but right, we have the young talent on this team that could develop into something. Like mm-hmm. we haven't had that for a long time. Like I can't say, I guess, I guess I really, right before Tibbs came, which is a whole nother dark side to me, but um, mm-hmm. we had a collection of talent that was looking like we could make it a long run. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm excited for is right now almost is one of my biggest moments because we've got mm-hmm. 
an ability to maybe turn something around and become a franchise again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the potential of this team um, excites me a lot. And that's why it's just so sad to see, and we'll talk about this, but it's just so sad to see someone like Carl Anthony Towns go down when you have something built finally. You finally have something built around him, and then you just see him go down and then the team to play like they did against the Wizards, Lakers, and Clippers. Just demoralizing. But uh, some of my favorite Timberwolves moments was Game 82 from 2007, 2018 where they took on the Nuggets. I, 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 I was living in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin at the time, and I just lost it when, when they beat the Nuggets to make the playoffs. And, you know, it shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't be that excited to make the playoffs. But when you're a Wolves fan, there's something about it that that it's just special when you make the playoffs. And then I some, some of the 2003 playoff run, like I went to Game 1, of the Denver series. That was huge. Um, just the place was electric. I haven't seen it that electric in years. Uh, and then another small another small memory was from 2018. I was at the game. They should have killed the Suns, first of all. But the game where Derrick Rose hit the game winner with about, I don't know, oh. like, yeah, about two seconds left. I was at that game. That, that was bonkers as well. So those are some of my memories. Just been a fan for a long time. So let's talk cool. about... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hold on, a, a twist on your memories. So your your um one of your favorite memories was now back to me liking more of the GM side sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually furious that we beat the Nuggets to get into the to get in the playoffs. Really? Because I felt like we were just going to get stomped, and getting that getting it in the playoffs made us lose our first round pick because it was lottery protected. Mm-hmm. That first round pick would have maybe been Michael Porter Jr. That's who they that's who the Nuggets took at that same spot. Sure. So to me, I was like, we are not, we don't have the talent right now to be a playoff team. What's the point? We need those picks. Yeah. So well, just kind of a different way of looking at the same event. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm just saying it was a big deal to make the playoffs. Yeah. And I, I think the Wolves, after what, 14 years of not making it, I think fans were just ready, and me particularly, fans were just ready to, hey, we... We need to. We need. We need some. We need a win right now. And I know that things right. went south with Jimmy Butler and stuff like that. Things went south after that. But I personally, I, I I didn't care about the pick at that point. I just I needed a win. I think the franchise needed a win, and they got it. Yep. But uh, yeah. So let's move on. Unfortunately, we have to talk about what the Wolves did tonight. Um, I oh, man. You you come into this game against the Wizards, a team that's zero and five, and yes, you don't have Carl Anthony Towns, but they don't have Russell Westbrook. Yes, I know that Bradley Beal is their best player, but you come into this game at home against a really bad team, and you absolutely blow it. Uh, t- why don't you talk about what what did you see out there tonight uh, from the Timberwolves? So, so the thing that's so here's the deal. The, the the Wizards start out and their starting lineup is Bryant, who's very underrated, guy's a beast. Um, I mean, he can play. Um, then they go Denny and they go um Hachimura, you know, in their front court. So those guys are all six nine-ish, two, you know, two forty, maybe big guys, bigger, thicker guys. Mm-hmm. And we come out with our opening lineup of um what was it? It was. It was Nas, it was Rubio, Beasley. Russell, 
uh, Beasley yeah, and Culver. So we either have D'Lo on Denny a lot of times or Beasley or Rubio were on Hachimura. Like that's, that's not going to work. And then any kind of switch, we pretty much have a two guard guarding their center. Like, I don't know how. So, I mean, I, mean, I get the pace and the, the pace and space kind of idea. I, I, I don't know exactly what Saunders is doing. Sometimes right now, I don't know if he's pulling the lineup strings or if Rosas is, if they're forcing this small ball thing or not. Um, and I know we don't have a ton of options. Mm-hmm. And I know that Herman Gomez has been bad, but I mean, it's not like Culver's been good. No. Like, so I don't want Culver at the four, you know, like I just don't understand. Like the lineup pretty much from the opening tip told me this is probably going to be ugly. Um, so that's the first thing that I saw. And then they, they went, they attacked it right away. I mean, they would pass the ball around until they got one of our guards down low they got in the they got in the penalty super early. Um, it's just the thing that's the most frustrating to me right now is the lineups that we're putting out there. And, and I know the guys that play in the fourth quarter lately, you know, in the scrub time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're playing against the other team scrubs, but guys like um, guys like uh, Vanderbilt, like he's making plays yeah. like he's out there with energy and he's legit, he has legit size. I mean, he's getting blocks, he's getting steals, he's getting tons of rebounds, tips and tippins. Mm-hmm. How is he not playing some power forward when, when we are outmanned, you know, drastically, I, I just don't understand if we're showcasing players to try to trade them later to build up their value. Um, if we're trying to build up people, uh, players confidence for later on or, or what, I I just, I'm confused at what we're doing with our lineup. I mean, I know we're short manned with our roster, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's just frustrating. Uh, Edwards looked flat today. He did. Um, he didn't have his normal aggression until he was playing against, you know, G league guys at the end. Um, D'Lo, D'Lo has the ability to to score 30 points a game every game, 25 mm-hmm. points a game. You know, um, I think he kind of needs to – and it's hard because he's got this natural swagger to him, so it kind of looks like he's got this nonchalantness to him. Um, so that makes him kind of unlikable when he's not doing well. But if our team is really kind of trying to be – a a Houston Rockets style team. The way that their guards made money is by taking it hard to the hole and shooting threes. Um, D'Lo, I think last year was like 99th percentile, like the best in the league at finishing at the rim. But he was also like the second percentile in rim shots. He just never took any shots. Mm -hmm. He needs to get to the rim more um, to put pressure on this defense. I, I just, I don't know. 
I don't know what we're doing right now. It looks like we're a bunch of guys that nobody knows what we're doing. And, and it could be because our entire team in offense is based around one of the best players in the NBA yeah. who's not on the who's not playing right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was definitely tough to watch. And talking about D'Angelo Russell, I mean, six for sixteen from the field. That's not really getting it done. Two for seven from three-point land. That's not getting it done. But what stood out to me, he was a minus 32 tonight. A minus 32. That is absolutely awful. For your best player to be minus 32, that is not a good outing uh, for the Timberwolves. And, of course, Bradley Beal got the best of us again. It seems like he always gets the best of the Timberwolves. He is a thorn in our side time and time again. And I, I kind of want to talk about this. You mentioned the the Hernan Gomez, the, uh, the Jake Lehman kind of situation. Why do you think, in, in your opinion, why do you think the Timberwolves got rid of Rondé Hollins-Jefferson when this is exactly what we need him for? I think it was all for, for salary reasons. Um, he wasn't making much, but his salary went up every day he's on the roster. And we're so close right now to the luxury tax, the um, repeater tax. We can't get into that. Like, Teams that pay teams that are in the luxury tax are Golden State, are the Lakers, are teams that are fighting for the championship, not teams that just drafted the number one draft pick. Sure. Um, so as an owner who's trying to sell a team, we can't do that. We we can't. We we last year we he went into the luxury tax to get D'Lo and to get off of um, Wiggins, which was a great thing for an owner to do for a franchise. Um, but at this point, I think that Rosas is looking to make a move or looking to get involved in a move. I think that he's waiting for this hard move to happen and we needed to have an extra roster space right now. We've got, we've got an extra, we've got one guy, we've got an open roster spot. I think he wanted that so that we can have more flexibility to try to jump in and grab some pieces. Like it's not he doesn't think Herman Gomez and um, Lehman are going to be the power forwards in the future for this team. Right. I think every, I think everyone knows that like this team is still far from a complete package. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to make a move, we have to have that flexibility and it is logical as Rondé Havlis Jefferson seems. Um, did you see who picked him up? I did not. Who, who did pick him up? Nobody. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> so he first never got a guaranteed contract by any NBA team, period. And then once we let him go, after he looked pretty decent, absolutely nobody picked him up, even for the vet minimum. Mm -hmm. So that's telling you something. I don't know what, because he looks solid to me. He did. And he looks like a fun guy, looked like he got everyone involved. He looked like a team player. But for some reason literally no NBA team thinks that he's quality enough to be on their roster right now. Yeah. So that's tells me something. Yeah, it does. It does. And it wasn't after this game, but be, after the last game, Ricky Rubio was quoted in that the team was kind of playing selfish. It was his word. Yeah. They said that they, that they, 
that they kind of run the offense and then when something doesn't happen right, um, that the team plays selfish. Do you think that the, the team that you've been watching, particularly some of the scores like D'Angelo Russell or, or Malik Beasley, do you think they're playing selfish or do you think that there's just not enough not not enough set from Coach Saunders, and not not enough going on on the offense that they that they have to improvise. And that, that, that do, you, do you think they're playing selfish or no? So what I think is going on, and, and Rubio, one of his best quotes that he's had so far was um, right in the beginning when they said, uh, "I'm going to paraphrase it," where they asked him about coming off the bench, and he said, "If we're winning, I'm perfectly fine coming off the bench." You know, like mm-hmm. if we're winning. He's not, he's, he's started every single game of his entire life, except for maybe one in the NBA at this point. Um, he is, I think that comment was a direct shot at D'Lo. Um, D'Lo's offense has been selfish. D'Lo has been a terrible facilitator. Um, and I think some of that might be because the plan was to play through Cat. I mean, Cat is one of the best passing big men. And if our entire offense in the, abbreviated you know training camp we had was built to go through cat now all of a sudden we lose him it's just a pickup game at this point Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody knows what's going on um i don't think i don't think uh ryan's calling many plays but again how many new players do we have on this team right now that are getting minutes and you know how many plays can he really put in in the week and a half that we had training camp Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that Cat going down, I mean, we could have lost two of any other starter and it wouldn't have affected us, not only by talent level, but just by position um, scarcity. Right. You know, we're uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we need to. I think when Cat comes back, hopefully if he comes back soon, then we can actually assess what the hell's happening with this team. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I mean, it's it's like a it's like a YMCA game out there. There's nobody really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some drawn kick. That's about it. Some pick and roll. But I mean, I'm watching I'm watching um, Bertans or Bertans, whatever his name is, run off these huge picks and getting these wide open threes. Um, and I'm wondering where's any movement in our offense? Yeah. Like, and and maybe it's just because we haven't had two guys that have played together for two years in a row for the last 10 years. I mean, our, our roster's been turned over so much, there's no continuity with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And some some that's interesting, like like you were mentioning, Bertans coming off screens. It's not like the Washington Wizards are a good team doing this. They're an 0 and 5 team without one of their best players running offensive screens, getting wide open shots and dominating a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it's so weird because we were so, at least I was, I was feeling so good after our first two wins. After oh, yeah. yeah, after the Detroit win, but particularly after beating uh Utah on the roads, road, I was like, okay, we got something going here. We got some positive momentum. They we're we're gonna make we're gonna make a run. We're gonna make a good team. Maybe we could steal one of these two games against the Lakers or the Clippers, but if not, we're gonna be okay versus Washington. But no, we come out and one one 
one play. It's crazy how much one player makes such a difference with this team. It's it's absolutely ridiculous how these guys can't figure it out and figure out. Hey, yes, our best player's gone, but we got to step up and and make something happen here because time's a ticking. And also, so I looked up Carl Anthony Towns' injury, uh, dislocated wrist, right? That's what they're calling it, yeah. a dislocated wrist. I looked up um, basically the diagnosis of it, and obviously this doesn't come from the team. This doesn't come from any one organization. I looked up what, what the recovery time for a dislocated wrist is. It's two months. Like, we, we, might, we might have two months of this if they don't figure out something quick. And... I, I don't know. So, yeah, go ahead. So that might not be bad. Right. Like, like that sounds, that sounds horrible, obviously on, on the, on the surface, but um, Dane Moore tweeted something just today. I don't know if you saw it or not. I haven't seen it yet. Um, no, it was basically, I wish I could, uh, wish I could pull it up quickly, but basically he said, you know, we have a 40% chance of keeping our pick if we finish in the top, you know, top three of the draft or of the lottery uh, or not of the lottery of the, you know, finish as a bottom three team. We're a bottom three team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a huge deep draft. By no means am I saying tank at this point, but we don't have the NBA. We don't have the talent on this team right now to win. Right. Um, we just don't. Like we were, we were, we were really scraping the bottom of NBA talent last year. We maybe had two and a half NBA starters on our roster with D'Lo, Cat, and maybe half being Beasley. Because in reality, I think Beasley would be a great sixth man to be an instant offense hustle guy off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's at some point this season there's gonna there's gonna have to that conversation might come up like is it time to you know have mcdaniels and you know and vanderbilt and edwards like are those going to be the starters and we're just going to groom these kids and take a bunch of l's and you know hopefully go with a Cade cunningham or something you know get a get a evan mobley get a you know a high-end draft pick i mean it's gross to be already thinking that way, but right. man, we, we've lost by 20 some points each of the last three games. And it's easy to say cat's been out, but you know, who else has been out each of those three games, three first ballot hall of famers for each team. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, um, Anthony Davis and, and Russell Westbrook. And those guys, I mean, Westbrook is kind of getting a little bit, um, from his superstar status, but he just went triple double three state or four. Is it four games in a row? I think I mean, four, yeah, or five. It was every game so far, I think. Um, so I mean, they're losing. Could you imagine what happened if Anthony Davis was there getting, yeah. post, getting defended by you know Malik Beasley in the post? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 about to get if it's really what you say, which it very well could be. Um, it could be ugly. Yeah, it could. And who knows what what players are might even quit on this team? I mean, 
who who knows? You're going south. I mean, Ricky Rubio's, like I said, has made comments that people are playing selfish. Yep. This whole thing could explode um, at the gills, and it's so disappointing because we spent all off season being like, maybe not, maybe this wasn't our year, but we can compete this year. We can field a team that's that can compete, that can maybe win some games that they shouldn't. Um, like like I said, we chalked. I mean, we chalked up. Basically, we chalked up last season to Towns' injury, like, hey, that's a lost season, COVID happened, whatever, uh, this is a lost season, we got D'Lo, now we're heading towards something positive, and to see this kind of performance and this kind of this kind of offensive play is just absolutely depressing. So what I want to talk about is kind of um, uh, Anthony Edwards, the number one pick in the draft uh, so far this year. Um, he's... I. I think he's been playing okay. Like I said, a lot of his minutes or a lot of his – he had 17 points tonight. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> there we go. He had 17 points tonight, um, and uh, but a lot of it was against scrubs, as you say. Um, in your opinion, what what have you seen from Anthony Edwards so far this year, and what do you, what do you think of his performance and how he's living up to the number one pick in the draft? So – I'll start out saying um, he's who I wanted. So everything is going to be, you know, a little bias. In this sure. <laughs> um, but I wanted him for, for reasons that I think are logical. He's got an, right away. He shows he's got an NBA body tonight. He took multiple drives that finished with contact, like went up against Robin Lopez, chest to chest on the way down, put the shot up and scored. That's an NBA. That's an NBA finish. Yep. Um, he's got the jumper. He had, you know, back to back step back threes to bring us tied. I think it was last game. Um, he's got the attitude to be an alpha dog scorer. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of that a hole in him, which our team needs. We don't have anybody like that. Um, he's got that. Give me the ball. I'm gonna score. A little bit of that. And this kid is like turned 19 four months ago, three months ago. I yeah. mean, he's still super young. Um, but physically, I think he's 10 pounds heavier than Obi Toppin or something. Like this kid's a beast. Um, I This is what's, imp- what's impressed me a lot so far about him is his activity on defense. Um when he's, when he's manned up on somebody, when he's off the ball, I've seen him ball watch and completely lose his man a couple of times, but that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, you know, I saw him D up hard on in the preseason with um, Luka Doncic that was talked about. Um, he did up pretty hard on, uh, on Beal today a couple of times, got scored on, but I mean, he's putting the effort in. Um, but, but what I've seen him do quite a few times is bring the ball up, where he's initiating the offense, which is something that Jim Peterson mentioned in the fourth quarter that I've mentioned before is I think this kid needs, like if this season is really going the way that it looks like it's going, we need to put the ball in Anthony Edwards, hands to initiate the offense more. Mm-hmm. Um, and not because I want him to be a point guard, but because I think if, I think the league is going towards wings that initiate the offense. I mean, you've got Luca, who's a wing. You've got LeBron. You've got Kawhi. You've got all these big guys, Tatum, all these big guys that bring the ball up and initiate the offense. That puts so much pressure 
on the on the other team. Um, he needs to have that skill set or to refine it. There's been quite a few times when he's when he's uh, dribbled middle and got to around the free throw line, the key kind of area, got his defender on his back, and then looked to make passes. I've I've liked that about him. Um, he's had a couple drives and kicked to the to the um, corner for threes that that I've liked. Um, he's physical, getting rebounds. Um, you know, he's looked a lot like a rookie, but he's looked like a rookie that you're like, okay, there's some flashes there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's all I need to see right now. Like, I'm not expecting him to be an all-star year one, but all I want to do is see a couple moments where I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that could be something. Yeah. You know, um, you know, kind of like, well almost inversely to Culver last year. Like there wasn't many moments in him last year where yeah. you're like, Oh wait, this guy could be a superstar. Yeah. This guy could be a star. Like everything was like average or like that was an okay kind of thing. Um, Edwards has had some flash moments and, and I have enjoyed that. And that's what I need to see. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. With like you were talking about with Culver Culver, he would have the occasional cool dunk. Like he would maybe end up on right. sports center or something like that. Every so often like, Whoa, that was a cool dunk. But at the end of the day, that's only two points. And you still got a guy who's only scoring about like eight points a game and playing a lot of minutes. So yeah, I, I think that Anthony Edwards is definitely a, a step up from Jared Culver and Jared Culver on that note is someone who's absolutely got to play better uh, in the, in the, uh, in the games coming forward if we want to compete and look looking at the schedule coming up of course we have the nuggets on sunday and then we go to denver on uh and then we go to denver on tuesday trailblazers on thursday and then the spurs on saturday i think we'll know a lot about this team at those times of course the nuggets they got jamal murray and nikola jokic who actually the nuggets have been having a rough start to this season but uh, i'll send it to you how do you think we match up with the nuggets and what are you looking for in this game we match up terrible yeah <laughs> i mean we, we match up terrible with all those teams. Yeah. I mean, those teams are big teams and they're talented and they're deep. Um, we're not talented and we're not deep and right. we're not big. I mean, who's going to defend Jokic? That's like, true. I love Nas Reed. Um, I love Nas Reed. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's, when we had that draft, I said he was the best, he was the best guy that we got in that draft. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm an I'm not a big Culver guy. A matter of fact, I'm a big anti-Culver guy. Yeah. So, um, I love Nas Reed. I love what he did today. I thought Nas Reed was probably the uh, well, other than the flash that Jared Vanderbilt had. Um, Nas Reed probably was the best player. Uh, maybe Layman. Um, you know. So, if I mean Jokic is going to get us in trouble. And then who do you, I mean, him and Ed Davis, he's going to crush him. Yeah. So that's going to be ugly. Um, Jamal Murray is too fast for anybody we have on our roster. Uh -huh. um, I mean, J-Mac might be the best opportunity to play defense on him. Um, yeah, no, those Denver games are losses, I'm sure. And they might be <laughs> another game where we see um, Jaden McDaniel playing, you know, 12 minutes a game because we're down by 25 in the fourth. Yeah. Um, Portland. Uh, I mean, who's going to guard those guards? Yeah. I mean, and then they've got, yeah, I mean, they're, 
it's trouble. It's going to be trouble. I mean, we've got at least three or four losses. Um, San Antonio, I haven't been following, so I'm not sure. Um, I know that they're kind of in flux, but they're a veteran team um, mm-hmm. that have been playing together for a long time. And, you know, part of that's our problem too, is, you know, th- those three teams you just mentioned, um, probably 80% of their starters or, or a lot of them have been playing together for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um that's a huge advantage in the league, especially when you have a short off season. Um, those guys know what those other guys are doing. We don't know what anybody on our roster is doing. Yeah. Um, I think I saw coming into it, Cat had played the most minutes Cat played with anybody on this roster was like, um, well, it was Rubio. But other than Rubio was, I forget who it was. It was somebody with like, you know, like a hundred minutes. Total. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So, um, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And what I'm going to want to see in those games is, are we going to make adjustments in our lineup to play players that, in my mind, are earning? I mean, we don't have a lot of guys playing well, but we have some that are. And in the last two games, Jake Lehman's been, in my opinion, one of the best players out there. He's given spark. Every time he touches the ball, he passes it fast, he shoots it fast, or he cuts fast. Mm -hmm. He's making plays. Um, He needs to start. Like, are we we starting Culver because we drafted him high? Um, Are we starting him because we want to build his confidence? Are we starting him because we're trying to showcase him for a trade? I think it's that. Uh, Just not not to cut you off, but I I think it's that one. I, I think that's what we're doing right now. I think that Rosas wants him gone, but continue. No, well, no, I mean, that's, and that's what I'm, that's what's confusing to me about this team right now is, is what are we doing? Like, what's the goal? And if it is for a trade, which I completely agree with, I'm not against, I'm not against starting them for that. I mean, we're going to take these lumps. Um, But if we're really trying to win and put the best team out there, Mm -hmm. he's not the guy right now. Um, no, he had a couple terrible turnovers. He had a couple bad fouls. Like I like him. He's an, I mean, I like him as a person. He seems like a nice guy. He works hard, Yeah, but, um, I don't care. Like <laughs> he's not good at basketball right now. Like we're trying to put a team out there. That's good at basketball. If I wanted a babysitter, maybe he'd be my guy, but, <laughs> um, you know, we're trying to win. Yeah. So, and the, the thing that bothers me the most about some of these lineups is what are we telling players like, let's say Jared Vanderbilt again? I'm sorry I keep bringing him up, but I'm excited no, go ahead. about no. his potential. Um, so he comes out, he gets multiple steals, he gets some blocks, a couple tip-ins, some heavy rebounds. Um, what are we telling our bench guys that work hard, that play well, when you 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 know you, you do what you have to do, and then you get just mop up minutes, right? You do what you, you know, you play well again and you get mop up minutes. Like this might be too high school thought, but it was always, you know, if you showed up when you're out there, you, you earn minutes. Well, mm-hmm. how do you earn minutes on this team right now? Yeah. That's a- like, we're still starting these terrible lineups. Um, I mean, at some point, Flip Saunders has to uh, to or flip. <laughs> uh, Ryan Saunders has to switch stuff up. Yeah, like, I agree. This isn't and I think at this point, uh, the one point I want to make, 
I think you got to, and I, I get, I, I get the point where oh, we need him off the bench. We need some someone to play with our second unit. I think you got to start Anthony Edwards. I think you need to just throw him yes. out there, particularly when the team's doing what what they're doing right now and just losing all these games ridiculously. I think you got to put your some of your best offensive players on the front lines immediately and put out your best effort and, and try to win. Unless we're tanking, which I mean. It's easy to say after you lose three games in a row like we have now, and particularly to I think tonight. Uh, okay, I understand getting killed by the Lakers and Clippers. Fine, I get it. But getting blown out of the gym by the Washington Wizards at home, that's something that cannot happen. That's why I think that you need to start Anthony Edwards and do it now. And e- even even if he shoots... Let's say he shoots four for 20 on a night. It doesn't matter. You get him those minutes. You get him that exposure. And I, I think you got to start Anthony Edwards. So, um, you I know, hope he does shoot four for 20. Right. <laughs> that means he's taking 20 shots. That yeah. means he's being aggressive. Yeah. Like, if we're going to be – if Anthony Edwards is a cornerstone for our franchise, which, you know, we drafted first, he's either going to be traded or he's going to be a cornerstone for right. just a little bit. He needs to get – time playing with D'Lo and Rubio and who, well, probably not Rubio. He might not be here long-term, but if Cat's back, those are the guys he's going to be playing with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need the number one pick to really get a good feel for J-Mac and Layman. And, you know, like those aren't the guys that he's going to be competing with in meaningful games down the road. Right. Like he needs minutes with the guys that are going to be, he's going to be playing with. So I don't under, and, He's the number one pick. How yeah. many number one picks don't start on teams that are terrible? Exactly. We're terrible right now. Yeah. Like, not very many. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I totally agree. You got to start. Um so so let me ask you this and we're going to wrap up in a little bit here. How much of this and you cannot obviously like we said you use the excuse of um that your your best players injured. But do you think that let, let's say the season goes into a tailspin like this? Let's say let's say Towns doesn't come back and the Wolves are once again in a position where they where they have a top pick in the draft and we're we're not competing at all. How much of this do you think falls on Ryan Saunders? Do you think that if the season goes in a tailspin, do you think that he's on the hot seat? I hope so. <laughs> um, I mean, I like the guy too. I like Ryan Saunders. Um, but I mean, let's break down, let's break down why he's even a head coach. Like, why is he a head coach? It's because of his last name, Saunders. Right. And he probably took a cheap contract. Um, so he his coaching pedigree is he's been an assistant coach in Washington under um who is the guy that was a Timberwolves coach for a while? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'll, I'll look it up. Keep going. I'll, I'll look it up. So, um, pretty much his coaching pedigree is he's been assistant coaches behind failed, terrible coaches. Oh, Randy Whitman. So, Randy Whitman, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Whitman. So he was the great Randy Whitman. <laughs> so, and then, in, I mean, he's never really coached with anybody that, you know, like you see these 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 young coaches come up and they're like, oh, he coached under Popovich. And then in college, he was, you know, uh, you know, played at Duke. And then he went and, you know, like like all these like great coaches that have taught him the ways of the world. You right. Know? Uh-huh. Um, 
that's not the case <laughs> with Ryan Saunders. And truthfully, um, this might be a hot take. I don't think Flip Saunders was that great of a coach. Really? Um, he was when, when I, I don't, I mean, he was a huge mid range jumper guy. He was a huge, um, and this was after everyone was moving away from that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he got ran out of Washington because he was terrible. Like, it's not like, you know, he was a hot coaching commodity when we picked him back up. Like people didn't want him. Sure. Um, so that's, so Ryan, in my mind, Ryan shouldn't even be a head coach. Um, I would like to have Vanderpool maybe be the head coach and Ryan be an assistant. I think that might be a more successful route. I think we have two guys on our bench right now that are coaches that probably, you know, if, if there's a coaching free, free agent market would both be signed before uh, Ryan would be signed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, the name and I don't think his lease should be that long. Um, We're at a point now where we want, we need to win. Like Mm -hmm. being nice and Minnesota nice and friendly for people that, you know, you recognize and it's a good story with Ryan Saunders, but um, I don't care. Like we need to win and there's better coaches out there. Yeah, Becky Hammond, for example, like she got a couple coaches, a couple games. Now she's got to coach. I would take her in a heartbeat over Ryan Saunders. Um, There's coaches out there that at least deserve it more, deserve a shot more than him. So um, Mm -hmm. I I think he should be on a hot seat. I hope he's on a hot seat. If he's not on a hot seat, it's another bad stain on an organization. Right. Because you can't lose this many games um, and look this bad if it continues this way and pretend like the coach isn't part of the problem right yeah absolutely yeah um basically i made a video on this uh, on my youtube channel i basically said that um it's it it feels like he's got the he's got the locker room like he's definitely a player's coach which i think is a positive thing and also like he, he he's had some excuses like he took over for uh, for Thibodeau and everyone was just relieved. Oh, thank goodness, Thibodeau's gone. Which I don't think Thibodeau was that terrible, but that's just me. Um, he, he takes over for Thibodeau and everyone's just happy Thibodeau's gone. Then in his first full season, COVID happens and Carl Anthony Towns is gone for most of the season. Actually, started the season pretty well with a with a record of ten and eight, I believe they were, and then completely fell fell off when Towns got hurt but so he's had some excuses and I think even even if Towns misses a lot of this season if the team is still bad and Ryan and and particularly this bad putting out performances like they did tonight against the Washington Wizards um I I, I don't see there's a way that you can this is I, I think he's on his final rope if the team is this bad this year I don't see that there's any way that they can hold on to him realistically and and move forward well uh we we're about 48 minutes in so I think we'll we'll call it a night thank thanks so much for joining me uh Chris um any any final thoughts you know uh I hope Rosas pulls some magic because this roster right now doesn't have many W's in it. Um, you know, I hope that cat gets healthy soon and, uh, mm-hmm. and we at least look competitive. Like my goal for this game wasn't even to get a win. It was just to 
you know, have a competitive game. Sure. That would have been a big turnaround. So I'm I'm really worried about the direction this team is going right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that on further episodes. Thanks very much for joining me, Chris. And this has been the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast.